Okay, you guys, let me ask you a question. Do you struggle to get your weddings featured? Are your wedding submissions constantly being rejected from your dream publications? Does the thought of creating your own submission completely overwhelm you? Well, this is exactly why I created Submission Support, to help wedding photographers and planners just like you. Inside our monthly email membership community is where you'll learn what makes a good submission, how to start thinking like an editor, how to curate your images, and how to submit your next wedding all on your own. I've helped dozens of photographers and planners get featured, and now I get to help you directly in your inbox every month. To learn more, visit submissionsupport.twgna.com and join today. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Tea with Janae. I'm your host, Janae Kirshner of Janae Kirshner Photography and the photo education and coaching site, Tea with Janae. Tea with Janae is where we give real advice, tangible tips, and thoughtful insight about what it's really like to be a wedding photographer. I'm so excited for today's episode because I'm chatting with Corbin Gherkin all about finding your voice as an artist. Corbin and I chat about why it's important to find your visual voice, what that journey might look like, and why it will help you stand out in the sea of photographers. Corbin shares her own journey and experiences with us today to help inspire you to take the time to find your own voice as an artist. A little bit about Corbin before we get started is that she is a sought after wedding photographer who has photographed weddings from California's wine country, the striking beaches of Thailand, beloved Provence, country estates in Ireland, and the hillsides villages of Tuscany. Her work has regularly been featured in Martha Stewart Weddings, Harper's Bazaar, Vogue, and Town and & Country, and she has captured PDN's Top Knots Wedding Photography Grand Prize Award. She's also an educator and has a few courses about photographing the wedding details and florals. I'm so excited that she's here with us today, so let's grab a cup of tea and enjoy the show. Welcome back. I'm so excited you guys are here. I have a wonderful guest on the line. Corbin, can you say hi to everybody? Hi, everybody. Excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm thrilled. I'm excited to chat with you about all things art and photography. Yes. And I can't wait to like pick your brain and talk about, you know, we're going to be talking about finding your voice as an artist. And I'm so thrilled to have you on the show. But before we get started, let's introduce you to our listeners. Can you tell everybody a little bit about you, your company and how you got started in photography? Yeah, of course. Uh, so I'm Corbin Gherkin. I'm a wedding photographer based in the Northeast. I'm in New Jersey, relatively new up here, but I had a long following in Charleston, South Carolina. And I think a lot of people probably know my work initially from there. I have been around in this industry 
forever. <laughs> I've been shooting weddings for more than 20 years now, and we don't have to get too far back into the, the early days. But suffice it to say, I started out shooting a lot of destination weddings and kind of branched out into sort of higher level production weddings. I think these days I'm mostly known for large teams, big weddings. It could be celebrity. It could be high profile. It could just be a really massive production type of event. But that's definitely where my current job is taking me. And when I'm not shooting weddings, I'm at home in central New Jersey with my husband and my five-year-old. And yeah. That's awesome. I love that. 20 years. So it's it's a big journey, big difference. <laughs> yes. Yes. The wedding world has changed a lot in that time. And I think, you know, weddings are something that you have to be wired for. And I feel like after this amount of time, I really know that I am. I know that it's the right profession for me. Yeah, I love that. I know. I remember when I was getting started and taking, you know, I didn't know what kind of photography I wanted to do. Yeah. I had shot my friend's cocktail hour on um, Polaroid and I had oh, so nice. much fun. And I, I was like, maybe I'll be a wedding photographer. So I started second shooting and, you know, um, just sort of helping people and assisting. And then after a while, I was like, no, this is it. Yeah, this is this is where my heart gets excited. Where Yeah, it's a really cool job. I mean, I honestly, my first job was in wedding photography. I worked for a wedding photographer back in North Carolina in high school. And then I went to school for photography and made every effort to not become a wedding photographer. <laughs> like I just wanted to be, uh, I wanted to be a fine art photographer or at a point um, when I went to NYU and when I graduated, I was planning on being a war photographer and I was doing all of these documentary assignments. And I honestly just kept on coming back to weddings. I just loved, I loved the way that they combined other aspects of photography that I really enjoyed. So I loved fashion photography, but I didn't necessarily see myself as part of that scene. I loved the storytelling aspect of documentary photography, but I also felt that there was a lot of intensity to that work. A lot of, um, I would say it's emotional, of course, it can be really draining. So I didn't find that that was the best fit for me. And ultimately weddings just pulled a lot of joy in with a beautiful story and certainly an opportunity to create art as well. So it was kind of the perfect fit for me. Yeah. I, I, I think being a wedding photographer, you wear so many hats, you know, like you get to be all different types of photographer in one, in one day, you know, you're totally, you're, you're like, you can inject yourself if you want to, you can be family photographer. Like you get to do a little bit of everything, which I love. Same. Same. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about, which I love, and I, we kind of talked about this at Engage a little bit. That's kind of where we had our little deck. I sat next to you in the dining around and I was like, oh, maybe we could talk about this. So we're going to talk about yeah. finding your voice as an artist and, you know, what does that mean to you as a photographer? Like what, you know, how do we find our voice inside of like this kind of busy, busy space? You know, how do we listen to ourselves? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think right now it's more important than ever to 
find your voice and find something about your work that's truly unique. You know, when I started out in weddings, there weren't nearly as many wedding photographers as there are now. And it might have been a little bit easier to stand out within a local market or even within a national space because there wasn't the same amount of sort of ever-changing press coverage. There just weren't the same number of photographers. So I feel like over the years, it's been really important to carve out my own unique visual style and make sure that when clients are hiring me, they're not just hiring someone that they think falls into a fine art photography style or a documentary photography style, but they're specifically coming to me you know, because they want Corbin to photograph their wedding. They really want my, you know, style and my approach and, and vision for their particular images. So I've found that to be the most important part of my sales process is making my work just, um, you know, I think it's, I think people, especially in the luxury space, they want something that they think they can't get anywhere else. So, you know, making sure that when they hire me, they really are getting me, they are really getting this thing that they can't find anywhere else. And, you know, I think when, when it comes to developing your own personal style, I mean, sure, it's helpful to think about other people's work, who you admire, but I think there's admiration and then there's emulation. And I think admiration can be exciting and it can push you to try new things and think about different ways of photographing something. But I think emulation is really limiting for you as a photographer because you really don't develop your own vision out of that. So, you know, when I'm thinking about how I've developed my voice and my vision as an artist, um, I don't think I've gotten really any joy or any happiness out of looking at a lot of other wedding photographers' work. I, I find that to be really inhibiting. And um, at times in my career, it's made me feel bad about myself. It's made me feel insecure about my work. So, you know, and I think as you grow, and certainly I'm not a young photographer anymore. And I think as you get more comfortable with your own work and, and you know, the clients that you're getting, it's easier to feel secure about your style. But I've really turned to other things to inspire my work in in recent years. I mean, I like I like fashion. I like interior design. I like thinking about new locations. And I'm also constantly trying to push myself to try new things in the world of photography. So, you know, we talked a little bit about this at Engage, but thinking about new offerings that can fuel some creativity. So, for example, I incorporate a lot of drone work into my photography because I just think it's such an interesting perspective. Um, I'm, you know, I would say I'm a skilled lighter of, uh, of images, but at the same time, I'm always open to trying new things with that and thinking about ways that I can push myself in parts of the day that just aren't as easy to photograph. So, you know, it may be that I can make something really beautiful in golden hour. And I, I feel like at this point, I'm someone who's really a master of natural light and finding the right environment for that. But I also want to be a master of totally terrible light and how to kind of make that 
look more interesting and, and work for me. So I think it's thinking about those different aspects of the day and, um, you know, and trying to find something creative in them. Yeah, I love that. I, I like what you said about not looking at other photographers for your inspiration, I think is really key because you can just play that comparison game. You know, I think it, yeah. know, it hinders your creativity because you're like, why not me? Why aren't I doing those? Instead of being looking at it objectively, like, oh, look at the shot. Look at the, I think it could be a little bit of that, you know? Absolutely. I mean, you never really want to know, be known as, you know, the 2.0 version of someone or the less expensive version of another photographer. It, I think you really kind of are doing yourself a disservice if that's where people's head goes. Um, I think you want to be known as, I mean, at least for me personally, my goal is that I'm a visionary, that I'm an innovator. I want to be the one that inspires younger, newer generations of photographers and artists. So I, th I try to really be driven by that. Love that. So how has finding your own voice and your own vision affected your business? Has it been positive or negative? Like, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think when we were at the beginning of COVID, I was probably coming out of a stretch of, you know, weddings that I think a lot of things were sort of looking similar. I was making good work, but not groundbreaking work. I think I was you know, I, I would put it as I was photographing beautiful weddings and delivering a good product for my clients. And I know that those people are happy, but I don't know that I was quite as fulfilled as an artist with the work that I was making at that point. And then when COVID happened, it was, it just felt like everything was suddenly taken away from me and my ability to create art, I realized how important that was to just my existence and how much a part of my identity that was that when it was so immediately removed from my life, it just seemed awful. And, um, you know, instead of, I think, stopping altogether, I mean, I definitely went into survival mode and I photographed quite a few events, even in the early days of COVID. And it really was, you know, me just saying, I have to do what I have to do to support my family, to pay my bills, to get through this really difficult time. And, um, you know, I think this, if there is any silver lining for that whole experience for me personally, it was that it allowed me a minute to reset and rethink about the type of work that I wanted to make, the type of photography that was inspiring to me. And I just really went for that. I just said, you know, this is the time when I am just going to make work that speaks to me and not think so much about what the industry is demanding of me because the industry at that moment was on pause. So I could really just do what I thought was great work. And what I discovered during that was that people really reacted so positively to it. They, you know, started to just reach out and say, I just, you're, I can't believe the work that you're making. I am so into what you're doing. And that was just really wonderful. So in thinking about where that, you know, puts my photography, how that has helped my brand, I definitely go into weddings these days where my goal at the end of each event is, you know, I want to get a text message from a planner or I want to get a call from a bride that's essentially 
no one photographs a wedding like you. I can't believe these images. We are absolutely blown away. And that's, you know, that's all the validation that I really need. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's everyone's dream, right? Like, yeah, is to get that. And that's amazing. I love that you, you know, took that time. We all had, you know, a couple months to, yeah. to pause and regroup. And I had a lot of business changes too. And like person, you know, like stuff that I'm very grateful for. So I love that you have a silver lining in the middle of what wasn't so pleasant. And now yeah. that is like, throwing your business forward in, a, in this nice new direction where you're, it sounds like your heart and your soul are being fulfilled and the clients are really connecting with that. I think so too. And I mean, I think in general, there's been this sort of, you know, I know we're not post COVID, but post height of COVID where weddings also have changed a lot. People's priorities have changed a lot. So whereas, you know, pre-COVID when I felt there was a lot of focus on, you know, perfectly styled details and uh well just certainly in general a, a lot of focus on the perfection, I think now there is a shift in focus to the real and the authentic and I find that my work I'm really trying to blend the two. So I want things to feel styled and beautiful. I want there to be an attention to detail. And I do think in those moments, I'm allowed to kind of put my signature style on images. But at the same time, I want the work to feel moving and deeply authentic and connective so that you do have this blend of the two. And I really do see the wedding world as headed in that direction in general. Yeah, it feels less perfect, more more real for sure. I like that. Yeah. So for someone who's listening, you know, we're are hoping, I always hope to inspire people with each show. Maybe they're sort of struggling with their voice and they don't really know how to find it. Like, what would you suggest people do to start really listening to themselves and their artistic vision? Yeah, I mean... I you know, I think about the early days of before I was really even doing weddings, but what I was excited about in photography and and really even what excites me now. And I think it's really important to not so much think about the content of your photos, but more about the time of day that you're shooting them, the light that sort of gets you excited. I mean, I was on a wedding about a month ago and it was it was such a classic Corbin moment because there was this really beautifully styled environment there was you know a beautiful reception area and somehow this uh dappled light had fallen across the back side of a porta potty that had been it had been draped I mean it was like one of those nicer uh restroom trailers at a wedding but nevertheless it was a bathroom and i ended up photographing bridal portraits on the back side of this bathroom trailer because i the light was so magical and really spoke to me as an artist that it really made no difference what was you know on the other side of that it was just an environment that i was responding to visually and i think it's so important to listen to you know when you're seeing something that you're just excited about photographically, it might not be because it's this over the top chateau in France that you're photographing. It could just be that, you know, the light is doing something so interesting. And so 
I feel like it's important to listen to those those things more so than spending a huge investment and a lot of time on creating what you think is this kind of exciting over the top environment. I just don't find that to be as effective. And then I think it can be a little bit frustrating when you put a lot of time and money into those types of shoots and it doesn't get the type of feedback or validation that you're really hoping for. So I think simplifying that process is is really important and and just starting a little bit a little bit smaller with your work I think can be really helpful. Yeah, I love that. I I have for me personally, I love um early morning light. Yeah. That's like my my sweet spot. So I always yeah. have my sessions in the in the early morning just because I know the light is gonna be so pretty and dappled and you know it's gonna be gorgeous. It just engulfs the couple. Totally. Yeah, it's amazing how much the light can affect a shoot and you know, I mean, it's even on wedding days, it can be a little bit challenging when, I mean, it could be an incredible environment, but if the light is not quite there, not quite magical, you know, it's it's a little more of a challenge and you have to think about other ways to make creative images. And it may be that it's just not really about the light or, you know, it's more of a black and white type of day. But, uh, you know, I think I think that takes more work for sure. Definitely a little more brain power in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Do you, what do you think about personal projects? Like if somebody, you know, wants to maybe explore different types of light, like maybe. Yeah, I know. I was just, I was talking about a friend with that yesterday because I have this absolutely enormous prop closet of beautiful vintage gowns and fashion. And I'm not sure that I'm going to keep that around much longer because I'm not finding that I get as much out of those types of shoots where you're getting a model and getting a dress and that type of thing. But, you know, personal projects, I I look to my house, I would say, as my personal project. And I really love a personal project that's outside of the world of photography. So, you know, when I'm thinking about what I'm doing creatively or what I'm getting joy from, I really love to separate my photography from that. So right now, you know, I might be plastering a wall in my house or working in my garden, but it all, I think, connects to that inspiration. So more so than specifically finding a photo project to do as a personal project, I think it's just important to have outlets in your life that are sparking your creativity or things that are, you know, making you think about an environment or a space, or, you know, it could even be, you know, a pattern, a wallpaper style, anything that, you know, is going to give you some creative inspiration. So I think it doesn't have to be so specific to photography. Um, I'm open to it, you know, but these days I don't think my life allows for it as much. I mean, I, I'm shooting quite a few weddings and when I'm not shooting weddings, I really want to be with my son and my husband. And, you know, I feel like that my family life is kind of the ultimate source of inspiration. Yeah, for sure. I love that. I, I, I feel, what do you think about someone once said, if you're not taking photos for yourself, then you're just a work for hire. And I always, that always like rubbed me the wrong way, but yeah, that's, that's, like, that's an interesting, uh, that's an interesting statement. I mean, I don't think of weddings as, 
as you know, I am making photographs, of course, for someone else in, you know, in the sense that I'm making this kind of heirloom collection of images, but those photographs are for me too. I mean, I absolutely get so much joy out of a wedding day and it's a lovely bonus that I'm paid for something that I really enjoy doing. But, you know, when I go into a wedding, I'm as much trying to push myself as an artist and as someone who just really has this deep need to make photographs as I am someone who's, you know, documenting a specific number of hours for someone. So I think it's kind of one of those unique careers where you can be doing both and you can sort of serve two masters there. Yeah, definitely. For sure. I agree with that. So, you know, we've, we've talked about maybe listening, you know, listening to yourself and, and trying to figure your voice out and, you know, going with your, maybe going with your gut too. You know, I, I feel like I, I always, I've said this before on the podcast a few times when I started photography, I took it in high school and um, I think, where was it? Um, in college too. And I was film. And then I t- went back to it and went to digital. I, le- I was learning digital when mm-hmm. it came out. And then I realized a few years in that I wasn't happy with the digital. <laughs> so I went back to film. And then that was really kind of where everything started happening. But now I feel like the move is like, film is so expensive. Like digital is just as good. Like, I don't know if like the medium matters as much or it's more about the vision you know what i mean yeah i i think that's right i mean i think that they're all just tools and you know it may be that there was some excitement around film because i think it made photographers slow down more you know it made you think more about the compositions that you were making um but i think that there was a lot of benefit to photographers going from digital, going to film, thinking a lot more about what they were putting into an image. I think now that people have had that experience, the progression back to digital because the technology is there and the look of it is um, very similar. In some ways, it's you're allowed to play more with digital, I think. Um, so I, I feel like it's okay. I think having that film background you know, has been really helpful to a lot of photographers in just sort of the slowing down and the thinking about the work that you're making. I mean, I've always shot both. Um, I don't feel particularly strongly towards film or digital. I think it's really just whatever is going to be the best tool in the moment for the image that you're trying to make. So I, I feel like it's you know, I'm not sure that it's necessary to really get hung up on it anymore because you can do beautiful work with both. And there are plenty of photographers out there, certainly outside of the wedding world that are making incredibly creative work, um, you know, on digital as well. So I think it's, I don't know, I think it's just a tool. I'm not as, you know, I think you'll see an image and I certainly get a lot of direct uh, DMs on Instagram about, you know, how did you shoot that? Or how did you like that? And I'm not sure that's the most important question, you know? Um, And then, you know, I also, on the flip side, I don't mind telling people how I shot something or how I lit something because 
you know, they can buy the same camera. And, and I think, you know, the Facebook groups are a really good example of that. I mean, I'm in a Sony group and I feel like 90% of the photographers in that group are bird photographers. And I mean, I've never photographed a bird in my life and our work is so drastically different, but we're using the same camera. So, you know, it's just a tool. I love that. Yeah. I mean, when people say, oh, your camera takes nice pictures, it's like, actually, it's me. Yeah. It's your eye. It really is your eye and just the way that you're seeing the world. Yeah. I love that. So what if somebody hires you, you know, for Corbin, they're like, hey, we we want her like what you what you said you want in the beginning. But then they ask to change your style. You know, how would you respond to that? Because I feel like. Yeah. That's so tricky. I mean, I probably welcome a challenge. So I probably don't get as bent out of shape about it as I think maybe some photographers would. I I don't want to say that I can do something that I'm not sure that I can do. But at the same time, I'm open to a challenge. I'm open to exploring aspects of my work that I maybe don't focus on quite as much, you know, on a, on a typical event, but if there's something that somebody's drawn to that they've seen a little bit of in my work and they want me to explore that more, I'm really, I'm open to it. We had a wedding a few months ago and the client just really wanted absolutely no formal photographs and they, that just wasn't what they, how they wanted to experience their day. And I had some reservations about it just because I worried that we wouldn't get what we needed for portraits of the two of them. You know, I feel like it's it's easy to say we don't want any formal photographs. We just want to be candidly captured together. But in some ways, you need to make sure that you you are together on the day or that you are, you know, in environments where that's going to happen naturally. And I just had a little bit of maybe personal anxiety that there wouldn't be enough time for that. But, you know, I ultimately felt like it was a really fantastic collection of images. And certainly the response from the client after the fact was just, you know, oh my God, this is absolutely everything we wanted. And you really totally understood the assignment, so to speak. And um, and that felt really good to be able to do something outside of my comfort zone, but to make work that I was equally proud of. Love that. Yes, that sounds really nice. I, I would be nervous too. Like, wait, you don't want any of you two looking at the camera? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's an, you know, I hear it more and more, to be honest, that they, that people really just want to experience their wedding day and have things happen really candidly. Um, you know, you do have to question what are the images that might be important to, not only the couple, but also the family. And it's that's always a little bit tricky navigating the hopes and needs of parents versus the client. But I do see there's more of a shift towards, you know, just a really authentic, uh, off the cusp documentation of the day. So I'm up for it. You know, yeah. it's something different. Yeah, it sounds cool. I love that. So I have, um, once you started, like when you went through your sort of you know, exploration in 2020, and then you were coming out with this new work. Did you do anything to promote it other than Instagram with like planners to attract clients that were interested in that? Or was that organic? Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that happened really organically. And, you know, if anything with my work, 
certainly I want the imagery to speak for itself. And I want planners to come away from a wedding with me feeling like they got such a complete collection of images that everything was captured. And But a lot of it as well is the experience of working with me. So I think over the past couple of years, as I've worked with a more diverse group of planners, I really want to be known as someone who the work is already amazing, but the process of working with Corbin is equally fantastic. I mean, I want to be the one who is not difficult. And, uh, you know, I manage a large team. So I want them to feel like I go in knowing exactly what I'm doing, you know, in an art directing capacity, making sure that all my team members know where they should be. So I don't know that I've necessarily shifted anything in the way that I've marketed my work, but I think I've just continued to reemphasize, you know, that I am a good person to work with, that the experience is really, uh, you know, it's a luxury experience with a vendor who knows what she's doing. And I think that's really been to my benefit, especially on some of these larger production, higher profile weddings. Planners, vendors, just they don't want to deal with a photographer. They want you to go in and know what you're doing and be able to execute the event flawlessly. And so I think that that's really worked to my advantage. Love that. And that comes with experience, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it really does. I mean, I think, you know, even any one of my team members would probably say, and they're all fantastic photographers. They photograph weddings on their own and they're, you know, doing absolutely beautiful work. But I think that they themselves would say, I wouldn't want to be doing this job on my own, that there's there's a benefit to the experience, you know, of knowing how to approach these jobs and, and approach these clients as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's important stuff. It's awesome. Yeah. So for each episode, we like to, I like, we, I like to end <laughs> on um, tangible tips, actionable advice, things that people can do, um, hopefully grow and learn from each show. That's really our mission. And I would love for you to share your advice with people who are listening who want to be seen as an artist versus a hired service. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's a good question and it is hard to sometimes put something that's a bit more subjective, such as creativity and art into you know a tangible sort of line item but at the same time i think it's really important to make work that you are excited about and not think so much about what others might be excited about because it's hard to see the connection there so you know when i'm making photographs I just want to make photographs that I'm really proud of. And I feel like when I'm really proud of an image, that comes across to my clients and it comes across to vendors that I work with. So I think it's important to start first with what are the types of images that you're excited about making, not the ones that you've seen other people making or what you see as kind of an industry standard. But I also think, you know, it's important like I said, it's important to think about things outside of the world of photography that really excite you and make sure that you have those avenues to explore kind of other areas of creativity because it's only going to add to your own vision. I mean, like I said, for me, it's it's probably my house or my garden. I get so much fulfillment out of that. And I'm 
presented with this thing that I find inspiration in daily. And that's a really wonderful gift because I don't know that I, I mean, I don't pick up my camera every day. I don't know that I find something inspiring every day to photograph, but I definitely find something inspiring every day about my environment. And I think that's really key for me. I love that. Oh, that was great. Yeah, definitely be inspired by your environment. We just put up wallpaper in our bathroom and I swear it's like a new house. Like, yes, oh. <laughs> I know. I, I love when you do a little project like that. And it's it's too funny. You'll just, you know, you'll be caught just staring at it <laughs> and admiring. But I think that that's, I think it's wonderful. It's, it's, it's important to be excited about something, you know, around you for sure. Oh, Corbin, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on. It's my pleasure. I'm really glad we had a chance to chat. Yeah, definitely. So let's tell everybody um, how to find out more about you, your services, and definitely talk about your courses. You've got some courses out there um, and say hello online. Yeah, definitely. So my work can be found certainly on Instagram, just my name, Corbin Gherkin, or my website is corbingherkin.com. I do have some courses out there. I love flowers and I have a small course about photographing flowers and just kind of how I approach that because I, I do think that that can be a great introduction into making more fine art photographs. And it's something that's easily collected without lots of models or, you know, a big expense to a produced shoot. But I think that's a great one. And then I also have um, a broader course that certainly speaks to the notion of developing your work as an artist and thinking about your styling and your environment. And that's on my website as well and under the education tab. So I would be thrilled if you all would check that out. Yeah, I can speak from experience. I've taken your the styling course and that for me really changed my styling game. Oh. I loved it so much. I definitely sent you some pictures like before and afters. <laughs> I'm so glad that that was of service to you. I think, you know, it's it can be intimidating um the the technical aspect of some of those photographs and making sure that you have, you know, a good toolkit in place I think is really helpful. But I loved building that course and it was shot uh, at my home. So you get kind of a glimpse into my creative process as well and the environment that really inspires me. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's great. You guys will love it. And if you swipe on up now, click on the show notes, everything will be linked in there and you can say hi to Corbin and let her know you listened to today's episode. Corbin, thank you so much. I hope thank you. love today's episode. I want to give a huge thank you and a big shout out to Corbin for being our wonderful guest today. It was so much fun getting to chat with you and I really appreciate your time. If you guys want to find out more about Corbin or her online courses or just say hello, swipe on up now, click on the show notes and let her know you listened to today's episode. All right, you guys, I can't wait to share our next cup of tea together. Bye.